Welcome to the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast. This podcast is written and presented to you by husband and wife team Dr. Sandra Camerata and Dr. Giovanni Campanile. Sandra is a psychiatrist and was born and raised in Sicily, and Giovanni is a cardiologist. They have written the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan book and podcast in order to introduce a wider audience to the wonderful taste and health benefits of the Sicilian Mediterranean diet, which will lead you onto a path of longevity and improved health span, the reduction of disease in the later part of your life. The goal is to live not only longer, but better with improved vitality and joy of life. Their motto is Be Well Deliciously. Buongiorno and good morning. Welcome to the Sicilian Secret Diet Podcast. My name is Sandra Camarada, MD. And I'm Giovanni Campanile, MD. My wife and I are both physicians and we wrote the book, The Secret Sicilian Diet Plan. And uh, this is our podcast and we're going to talk today about macro and micronutrients. Uh, we, it's a beautiful July day. It's actually very similar to the, to the weather in Sicily. It's like 90 degrees, dry, and beautiful. So we're going to let you know why it is so important to eat both the, the macro and micronutrients that we need in our diet and, and how the Mediterranean diet is really today known as the only diet that can provide you with all the macro and micronutrients that we need to live healthy, to live long, to prevent chronic illnesses. So now we're going to explain to you the science behind why fruits and vegetables, why whole foods are so necessary to provide us with what we need. So people uh, do take a lot of supplements and supplements sometimes are necessary, but what we get from our whole foods and the synergy of all the components that both the macro and micronutrients are in our food are essential. Eating in season provides the richest and the, the largest amount of nutrition. So we're gonna talk briefly about that too. And, and so living longer and well, getting all the nutrition from whole foods, most of the time we don't need to add any other supplements. And one of the reasons why we came up with this topic is that we've had patients and podcast listeners that have asked us to explain some basic uh, facts of nutrition. So hopefully, if you listen to our podcast on a regular basis, we'll be introducing these concepts and you'll get a basic idea of nutrition. And then on top of that, our advice on foods that can give you these nutrients will help you incorporate this into your lifestyle. And actually, we have created also a YouTube channel where we do our recipes and explain both the, how to make them and why are good for you, the nutrition value of all that we make and the synergistic effect of all the foods that we put together. So so let's get started with macronutrients. This is Sandra's going to talk about. So just to explain what macro and micro means, macro means big. And those are big molecules like carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Uh, proteins. And then micronutrients are vitamins and minerals. So um, Sandra's going to talk about the macronutrients. And the topic is so vast that we have decided to break down these uh, topics, this big topic, in smaller topics. So probably 15, 20 minutes each time, and then you keep on listening and you'll get all the information that you need. 
So let's start with what are the macronutrients. Like Giovanni was saying, macronutrients are water. Sometimes people include water because it's essential to our living um, and living well. But proteins, carbohydrates, and fats are our main macronutrients that we need. So we'll start with carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are essential for our life. They're the fuel that our body uses the most and our brain uses the most. And let me, let me just premise this whole idea that, you know, sometimes in fad diets, a whole category of foods is eliminated, like a no-carb diet. We, you cannot have a no-carb diet. You know, you have to have carbs. Carbs are essential for life. Our focus in our approach is the quality of foods. So if you look at carbs, you know, a potato chip is a carb and broccoli is also a carb. You know, they're two different foods. Basically, they, even, they shouldn't even be in the same category. So we're, we're talking about high-quality, complex carbohydrates as opposed to refined carbohydrates, which really should be eliminated from the diet. The carbohydrates are used by our cells. They're broken down through a process of what we call a cell respiration that breaks it down into ATP, which is the fuel source for our cells. And so that's, that's formed from a little, what's called an organelle, a little organ inside the cell, organelle, that actually derives from a bacteria millions of years ago. But it's inside our cells, and it's called the mitochondria, and it's the powerhouse of the cell. So it uses energy sources like carbohydrates to produce energy molecules. And ATP is the main energy molecule. So when our body has enough glucose for its use, it starts storing it. And it stores it into two major places, our liver and our muscles. Our liver is very generous, stores it and releases. The muscles tend to store it and keep it for its own use. And it's only in very strenuous situations when we deprive our body of nutrition and mostly carbohydrates. So it can happen when you go to a very restricted carbohydrate diet that the muscles are forced to break down and release, you know, break down into amino acids and create glucose for our use because the brain requires it from our muscles when the liver doesn't have enough. And that's basically a starvation mode is uh, when your body doesn't have, your body has to make fuel or else you cannot live. You know, you can't breathe, your brain can't function. Uh, so ATP is one of the fundamental functions of our cells. And if it finds that it doesn't have enough fuel, it'll find fuel. It'll break down, it'll basically, you'll eat yourself. You'll eat, you'll break down your own muscle tissue, which you don't want to do, ever, because muscle tissue is very difficult to create, and you want to maintain muscle as you get older. And that's why you don't want to get to into a diet that has rapid and an excessive weight loss in a short period of time because your muscle mass you lose muscle mass and we are learning more and more that when we lose muscle mass we lose cognition we accelerate aging so what happens once we have enough glucose glycogen in our uh, liver when it is too much then that excessive sugar becomes 
triglycerides becomes fat. And that is why eating actually too many refined, the bad carbohydrates, we can increase our fat in our blood system, in our bloodstream. So when we are seeing that we have elevated cholesterol, elevated triglycerides, it's not necessary due to the amount of fat that we're eating, but it's actually due to the amount of refined carbohydrates that we're eating, the bad carbohydrates. And, and, and that's the only thing our, our body can, can do when there is an excessive amount of refined sugars. So we have three types of carbohydrates. One is the, like we said, the refined carbohydrates. One is the starches or ca uh, complex carbohydrates. And one is the fibers. So the, the simple and the complex carbohydrates, they broken, get digested and broken down into glucose, ready to be stored or ready to be used, our brain, our body, you know, transforms it into ATP, into fuel, we feel better, we feel energized, we're ready to go. And the, the fibers, though, don't get digested into our stomach. They pass undigested, and then they get into our intestine when they start to be broken down. So... And the fibers are, we've, we've talked about this before, about how important the fibers are as a food source for the good uh, bugs and bacteria in our gut. Because so they like to break it down, ferment it, and produce not just energy sources, but also all the, some of the vitamins and some of the neurotransmitters that are important for our well-being. So fibers are essential. So fibers are two types soluble and unsoluble fibers and and we need them both we need them both to actually have the perfect poop and we know we're getting enough fibers when her poop looks uh, well formed it's smooth it's easy to go to the bathroom uh, and we have regular bowel movements so and regular bowel movements is there's a wide definition of regular bowel movements. I mean, you can some people have three bowel movements a day, and uh, and some people have three bowel movements a week. You know, in that range could be normal. What's regular for you is what's normal for you. But what we usually like to see is well-formed stools on a daily basis. And they're not uh, little balls of stools, or they're not the too soft stools. So that is an indication that your microbiome is well-fed, happy, and, and so that you are well-fed and happy. So the soluble fibers are found in oats, legumes, the inner parts of fruits and vegetables. And we need the soluble fibers because they draw in water when they get digested forming more the bulk of our feces and uh, and then the the they soften with so you need fibers and you need hydration so when people take fibers as supplements often they just take them in pill forms or in powder forms and they don't take enough water with it and when you don't take enough water with it it could be actually constipating. So water is necessary 
for the fibers, for the soluble fibers to, to work well. And as a cardiologist, I like fiber because fiber lowers cholesterol. You know, the cholesterol that's in your bowels can get reabsorbed into your system or they can get attached to the fiber and then eliminate it. And that's what happens. And it's a, it's a very effective way to lower your cholesterol by increasing the fiber content. Uh, this is one of the reasons why uh, oat bran or uh, oatmeal helps is because of, the, because of the soluble fiber content. So when the fiber passes through the intestine, the small intestine, it binds to the bile acids. So it prevents for the bile acids to be reabsorbed. So what happens is that the liver, in order to make more bile acids after the fiber take it, has to use the cholesterol. So now we have this mechanism that Giovanni was talking about, that how eating fibers actually can lower your cholesterol because we force the liver to produce more bile acids and has to utilize the cholesterol in order to do that. So part is the absorption of the cholesterol itself uh, by the fibers, and part is by eliminating those bile acids that actually force your liver to work a little bit harder and utilize more of that cholesterol. So fibers are necessary for heart health and well health. So some studies support that, that you should take about 10.2 grams of soluble fibers per day. You can take it through food forms, and we just said how important it is to take it in, in pills form. But this particular study studied um, a, a supplement fiber, uh, psyllium, and they found that if you take 10.2 grams per day, you actually can decrease significantly your LDL. So studies support the need to eat fibers. And a Mediterranean diet has enough fibers. If you eat five to six, up to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day, putting your legumes and whole grains in it, you do get enough uh, um, uh, fibers. So this, this is one of the reasons why we stress this way of eating. It's the you know the rainbow of colors that we always talk about. Every food has a different different uh, elements of nutrition, but also different fibers. And since our microbiome, the good bugs in our gut, are very diverse, they need a diverse fiber content. So you need to have uh, a diverse fiber ingestion to maintain this diverse microbiome community. And that is pretty much what happens in the soil, right? That the more, the richer the soil, the richer is our nutrition. So the soil is like our gut, has a lot of uh, microbacteria and fungi and viruses that help it to produce the right foods that then our gut bacteria, fungi and viruses enjoy and utilize and help us to, to live well. So we live well with our gut bacteria if we have more variety. Yeah, the, the soil, and we talk about this quite a bit. You know, when we talk about food, you know, people look at whether it's organic or non-organic, and that's very good because organic means it doesn't have pesticides in it and it's clean. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's good in terms of quality of food. The quality of vegetables and, and plants come from the soil. Now, thin soil, 
that's depleted won't give you the same nutrition with a lot of nutrition but in good thick healthy soil the roots will will absorb a significant amount of nutrition so the soil is super important we've interviewed our son who has a who's a permaculture farmer in north carolina who talks about this and he basically creates great soil and we'll have him on the podcast again to talk more about this and we know that adding about seven grams of fibers more per day, which is very easy and a good and healthy diet, you can decrease your risk of coronary heart disease by 9%, which is pretty significant. It's pretty healthy. So fibers do not increase the amount of blood sugar, even though they are carbs. And that is important to know. Right? Some, Actually, the fibers lower, lower. Uh, the what's called glycemic index this is something is a concept that you should know about it's uh, the the how quickly carbohydrates get into your bloodstream if you eat simple sugars like sugar or soda or juices or even beer and and wine these are all sugars that get into your system very quickly um, the glycemic index is very high on on the other hand whole foods like fruits and vegetables have a lot of fiber and that decreases how quickly the glucose rises in your bloodstream. And that means it has a low glycemic index and has less deleterious effect on your pancreas and insulin resistance and that sort so of thing. So studies show that if you have an adequate amount of fibers, your A1C goes down. So they've done studies in pre-diabetics. A1C is the three, it's a blood test that tells us about the three-month average of your blood sugar. So when we do blood tests, we see the blood sugar on that day, your fasting blood sugar, but also hemoglobin A1C, which is a three-month average of the blood sugar, which is very important. That's how we diagnose diabetes, on, based on the hemoglobin A1C. So you can have a strong indicator that you are in the pre-diabetic range when your A1C starts rising. Um, and, and fibers, increasing just fiber content, can help to reduce that, that A1C at a healthier level. So uh, the, the studies show that even though it is very helpful in pre-diabetics to add fibers, the pretty dramatic effect that you can see is in people who have diabetes. Increasing the fiber content can decrease the amount of uh, overall blood sugar and A1C. So dramatic uh, positive, healthy effects. And, and good sources, again, are, you know, vegetables, fruits, legumes, great undigestible fibers and legumes, and, and whole grains. These are all sources of, of good fibers. So when we have prolonged uh, times of starvation, because our brain uh, uses mostly carbs for fuel, we'll start breaking down the, the, the glucose and form ketones. So there are ketogenic diets that can be very actually very helpful in certain particular situations and conditions. They used to treat certain illnesses, epilepsy, possibly um, you know chronic neurodegenerative diseases like, uh, uh, Parkinson or MS, but on a prolonged basis are not 
good. So we do ketogenic diets for short periods of time. So people that promote long-term ketogenic diets is probably not the best thing for your body. And it's very hard to maintain. But the, there is very interesting research being done on ketogenic diets. It's, again, as, as Sandra mentioned, in certain situations, it's extremely helpful and very effective. Uh, we're not at all against doing these sort of diets if they're done properly and in, under supervision. But uh, in a long-term situation, I, I have seen many of my heart patients, when they go on ketogenic diets, they, their cholesterol goes up. And, you know, that's something we don't want to see because uh, the cholesterol can then lead to blockages of the arteries. But for short term, like someone who's pre-diabetic, has a seizure or epilepsy or has other neurodegenerative diseases that can benefit from it, by all means, under supervision, you know, I would definitely consider it. And this is a process that is the brain uh, as established in order to protect your muscle mass from breaking down. And eventually, if you continue to deplete your body from carbohydrates, you, like we said before, you're going to start losing your muscle mass. Where we find our sugar, we find it mostly fruits and dairy products. And uh, and used dairy products, we, we did a podcast on, on dairies, used in moderations. Um, the kind of sugars that come from that, that can also be very helpful because it's readily available for our body to use um, and, and can be beneficial. But what is not good is the refined sugars that are extracted from sugar canes, sugar beads. Those are the sugars that can really create a significant amount of damage in our body. In large quantities, can lead to obesity, but also can lead to something more serious like uh, NAFLD, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which uh, in initial stages can be reversed by losing weight, but in later stages can cause cirrhosis of the liver. And sometimes it's a, And that is not reversible. Not reversible. Sometimes it causes the need for a liver transplant. And in fact, liver transplants for this have gone up for both adults and children, which is... You know, I'm seeing terrible. more and more children with uh, fatty liver disease, which is really a tragedy. And that is coming from consumption of uh, juices um, sodas. and sodas. Sodas are really, really is, um, create incredible damage. So candies, uh, cakes, uh, cookies, condiments, uh, soon breads. Um, are rich in into this uh, uh, simple sugar carbohydrates. So we know that about three fourths of uh, U.S. adults get one percent of their calories daily from sugary drinks, which is a lot, and ten percent of U.S. adults get one fourth one fourth of the calories intake from sugary drinks, one-fourth. That's a lot. So uh, it, the, the high sugar intake is, there is a high, strong, confirmed correlation with high sugar intake and chronic illnesses, cardiac, but also a lot of psychiatric illnesses. So we're learning more and more. And possibly serotonin is not the reason why people become depressed, but it's inflammation. 
increasing sugar increases inflammation dramatically. So we know that inflammation is actually a good thing, you know, uh, when it's short-lived. We get hurt, our skin gets inflamed, the body reacts, we have a fever when we have infections, it's inflammation, it's the good inflammation. But chronic inflammation, our body cannot handle, starts deteriorating, starts affecting our DNA. So cancer and chronic illnesses come from all of that. So why wouldn't you want to make that one, one small change in your life? Please say no to all sodas. Diet soda have the same, if no more, deleterious implication in your health. They trigger diabetes, they, create, they trigger chronic illnesses and inflammations. So one small change, no sweetener in your sodas, in your juices, in your lemonades, orange sodas. Eliminate all of that and you can add four and a half years of good health. It's pretty dramatic. Can you imagine that? You know that if you eliminate your sodas, you're gonna live four and a half years longer. That's pretty dramatic. There's nothing that offers you that guarantee. That's great, that's amazing. Those, you know, that, these little changes, you know, uh, when we talk about, you know, lifestyle change, it, it sounds overwhelming sometimes, but small changes like Sandra's talking about, just eliminating certain things, make a huge difference, you know. Because this is, uh, there's a whole downward cascade. You know, you're taking a lot of sugar, uh, you're increasing your obesity, you're increasing fatty liver, you're increasing the bad bugs in your gut. I mean, all these things lead to bad things. So One, one soda per day increases your risk of getting diabetes by 46%. You get a 50% almost chance of having diabetes just by drinking one soda per day. And you think you're doing a good thing. Oh, I lowered to one a day. Great, by no means, if you're someone that drank more than one soda a day. But try, try to eliminate it. And don't give your kids any sodas. So, so the good news about this is that you can reverse the damage in just a few days. If you can stop drinking sodas, there was a study done on children, obese children. They eliminate their soda for nine days, blood sugar went down, cholesterol went down, blood pressure went down, A1C went down, nine days. Pretty dramatic. Why wouldn't you want that for, for your family, for yourself? and for your kids, of course. If you are new to the show, welcome. And if you are returning, we are so grateful for your participation and support. We hope you go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to the show, leave feedback, write a review, or send questions. They love questions and look at every question that is submitted. The content of the Sicilian Secret Diet are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be a medical diagnosis or treatment advice. A doctor-patient relationship is not created, and any questions related to your specific physical or mental health should be directed to your healthcare practitioner. So hello, and thank you for joining Sandra and Giovanni for another episode of the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast.